very good. Uh, bit of going on in the background here. <laughs> yeah, what's, that, what's that noise? That is a lion, my friend. Oh, right. Okay. What else would I do for the big cat? Uh, <laughs> I guess that's what you do, wouldn't you? That is what you do. Mate, firstly, I didn't even give you the first two questions to give everyone. How are you and whereabouts are you today? I'm good, thanks, Tobes. I'm just at home um, in my office at home. Um, just uh, been trying to work out some trades for fantasy. So I got until <laughs> one o'clock. So after I get off the phone from you, then I've sort of got between twelve and one to sort out my final team for the week. But um, uh, and also sort of finalise some some betting for today. Um, there's a few meetings going on, so it's a it's a busy Tuesday. I uh, I don't know if you just heard Troy McDonald just had him on. He's got a little bumper on you, nearly a hundred points, but. We've we've worked out he works at Sportsbet now. He is the Troy McDonald that uh, drove in Tasmania with great success as well. Works at Sportsbet and doesn't really follow New South Wales harness racing, so he must have done a fair bit of work to work out this game and be on top of the table. Yeah, he's doing really well. Um, he's been leading right from from week one. It's a sort of game where um, you don't necessarily need to follow New South Wales that closely. You can sort of wing it week to week by mm. looking at the fields and where drivers are going and sort of just working out who has the best book of drives and the best way to spend your salary cap. Um, so Ryan Spice is coming third. He's from Queensland and he yeah, doesn't okay. really follow Sydney either apart from the Saturday night meetings. So uh, just, it goes to show that you don't necessarily need to be a New South Wales form expert and be fully across it all to, to do well. You just need to know how to play the game, I guess. Yeah, and Garrick Knight's having a lot of fun with it as well from New Zealand, my brother and so there's there's four people at least that uh, don't follow New South Wales. We know you do very closely, and oh, I just love to see it. Maybe version two, mate, it might extend out this to a few other states. Knowing you, you'd like to see it Australia wide. It, uh, it's got so much potential, and it could be massive, couldn't it? Yeah, the thing is, I think it's good, like the way they've done it just with New South Wales to start, because. By doing all four regions, it gives these lesser drivers in the lesser areas yeah, a, still to, a chance to be included in the game. If you did one overall game of all of Australia where instead of each region you had each state, you'd more or less just be um, focusing on the bigger name drivers and the littler name drivers wouldn't really get a mention anywhere. So well, I think that, by, by actually just having a, a, a one-state competition, it means that the Brianna Lindsay's and, and the Jack Chapels still yeah, get yeah. included in some teams. Yeah, but if the budget's t- too tight, you're going to have to include some of them in your states, though, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, it's definitely got wonderful potential to to extrapolate it out in some way, shape or form. Maybe, yeah, maybe there's different states and all the states do something and then there's a month of finals at the end or something, who knows, between the top of each state. I, I don't know, but there's a lot of potential there to extend it out further now. Let's get this. We'll get through some tips and we'll come back, maybe have a chat about New South Wales a bit more in their feature races after the break. But, mate, race three at Swan Hill tonight, and I don't know who you're tipping, but I'll be cheering for Fortitudo for Luke and Kathy Watson because it'd be some sort of a story if this horse ever wins another race. Yeah, it's been around forever, Fortitudo. Um, it's a 10-year-old now, and it's, it's won 10 out of 159. But I'm starting with the one down the bottom, Occhiano for Connor Crook. Um, this horse, it's got a, quite a lot of ability, but also a mind of its own. It doesn't score up all the time. So if you're going to back it, the wise thing to do is probably actually have it sitting on your phone or your laptop ready to place the bet, but don't actually place the bet until 50 metres before the start. Because if it scores up with them, 
it generally paces fine thereafter, but it sometimes won't even score up with the field at the initial start of the score up. So if it does score up, though, it seems to have a clear, clear class edge on them. And um, and when it does pace, it's actually a very good horse. I think the 1,750, the short course suits, it's a very speedy customer. It's got the ability to even go around mid-race and just pop around to the breeze because I think this is not a strong field. But um, And it's a deserved favourite. But as I said, just beware. It might be worth just backing it in the score up if it is scoring up just at the very last minute. But um, as long as it does everything right, I think it can be put into the race at some stage and over the short trip be too good for them. So that's race three, number nine, Okeano for Connor Cook. Race four at Swan Hill. The one terror rain looks pretty hard to beat initially, mate. Yeah, that's the way I'm siding. Um, I thought, I've never really been a fan of the horse, but I thought last start at stall where it led all the way, it, it sort of showed a new dimension. Um, most of its runs, it's, most of its good runs in Victoria and previously in New South Wales have been when it was um, driven sort of cold with cover. Um, but what we saw last time at stall, where, where Jack Law drove it, and he's on again today. Um, it showed good gate speed. It led, it dictated, and was at a zip home in, in 57.7 and 28.5. And, and over the middle trip at stall, that's pretty good sort of sectionals, 57.7, 28.5, this class of race. So the horse is still only a 40 rater, so it's, but it's in a, and up to 51 today. But it gets the pole draw. If it shows the gate speed like it did last time, then it should have no problem leading. And in this sort of race, I can't see that much pressure. Uh, a lot of these horses are sit sprinters, so hopefully um, it can dictate a bit and and um, run the sectionals on its own terms. And if it can, it can probably zip home in 57 again, and that might be good enough to win. So that's race four, number one, Terrarone. And over to Albion Park, you're playing in races three and four here and eight as well on this occasion. Uh, I can't even, I, I just don't know this Forbes. I couldn't even guess who you're going to back uh, in race three or four at Elvian Park. They're $9,000 races, though. Yeah, so they on the Tuesday, that's the second main meeting of the week at, at Albion, just like Menangle is today in yeah, Sydney. Yeah. And and the prize money there is good. Um, something that, that Sydney and Brisbane are, are really good at is, um, particularly Hearing. in New South Wales, their, their prize money is, is booming Um and Queensland Tuesday meetings are also very good prize money. So races three and four, I'm actually really keen on a couple here. And we're going to be um, playing the maps and, and at Albion over this, this mile circuit, um, over the mile distance, it's it's a very peg-dominated type setup. And therefore in race three, I think number one, Mickey Magic can lead. And therefore Bronski Delight for Shane Graham joining inside back row gets the perfect run leaders back. Those two are both only three-year-olds. And they're against some older horses here, but I think they've got the class edge on them. And I think Bronski Delight can, can zip up the sprint lane and get past Mickey Magic. Um, it's, a, it's only a filly, a three-year-old filly racing uh, against the older horses. But um, I just think it's got a very, very good turn of foot, very sharp speed. It led all the way in 154 last time, and I think it'll go even better following speed. So as long as Mickey Magic doesn't absolutely walk them and, and they go along at a genuine enough tempo, then I think Bronski can just sit past it and be too quick for it late. So that's race three, number eight, Bronski Delight. And if we go over to race four, I think this one, um, it's getting short enough now. It's into 155. They did open even money. Um, so just hold for it. may drift back out a little bit late, but that's number one, talk like motion. Also for Shane Graham. Uh, this is a, a three-year-old filly. It's good to see some of these sort of classier three-year-olds just starting their seasons out. It, it sort of increases the depth of the racing when you start getting these good three-year-olds back and um, and racing through their grades. So Talk Like Motion was a, a very handy two-year-old. 
Um, uh, two starts back, it ran fourth in the in the big Group One Triad final behind Jewel Malady, which is the the equivalent of the Vic Bread final in Victoria. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's a hundred thousand dollar Group One. It ran fourth, so it was certainly one of the better ones of its age group. Uh, second in that final, this is back in August. Second in that final was Bonsky Delight, who I just tipped in the previous race. So uh, certainly a strong form race. First up from a spell, but Talk Like Motion has trialed really well, uh, leading in 156 in a trial and doing it very, very easily. I think it's got the gate speed to lead. Uh, can't see a lot of pressure, uh, and it should get away with a bit. And, and if it can dictate that, it really should be winning on what we saw in the trial and what we saw last season. So hopefully an early double Shane Graham, races three and four. Race eight, and if your map's on this, it's hard to work out on the pricing, so... Uh, you've got me here. Yeah, this race is a bit more open. So yeah. there's one that I've backed at a, a much better price here, number two, Nicola, for Adam Sanderson and Tim Butt. Um, so this is a horse that uh, I, I think it can lead here. Uh, this is over the mile as well. So it's very, hopefully going to be a leader-dominated race if it can get away with a bit in front. And uh, It did win last start going 156, only in 56.9, 27.8. If it can... Probably go. I think it still had a little bit up its hand, and it gets the driver change today. Adam Sanderson jumps on for Riley Butt, and uh, Adam Sanderson is certainly one of the better drivers up there. So if the horse can just improve slightly and run maybe a second quicker and go around the 155 mark, then it might just about be good enough to get away with this. So I think it leads. Um, so you're going to get a run for your money. It's going to look the winner at some stage. It's just a matter of whether it can hold on late. But at around the yeah, – they were being 550 this morning. If you shop around, you can still get 460. Uh, and also, I think it's still backable for a horse that, in my opinion, looks the leader on a leader-dominated circuit over the mile at Albion Park. So that's race eight, number two, Nicola. And off to Narajin, is that how you say it? Narajin. Narajin. Yeah, race? I believe that's how you pronounce it, yeah. The last at Narajin, which is 7.40 uh, their time. So what's that make it? 10.40 here, mate? 10.40, yeah. Yeah, uh, one for uh, anyone who wants to get out at the end of a long day on the punt. Uh, so the first race that I'll be betting into is, is probably the first at Benangle, which is at one twenty-two, and the last will be at 10.40. So it's a, it's a pretty long day, but we wouldn't do it unless we love it, would we? Yeah, correct. Yeah. No, no. everyone in this sport works hard. If you want to be successful in anything like life, you've got to work hard, don't you? Whether it's training, well, driving, radio, or punting. That's right. And people sort of ask me about that sort of thing with, with betting for a living, and I, the more, essentially, I just say that the more you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it. Yeah, but that's the right. same with with anyone who's essentially self-employed, like a sole trader. Um, the more hours of, of dedication, in my case, doing form and replays and and race analysis, the more you put into it, then in the long run, the luckier you're going to get. So, yeah. Um, in that last at Narragin, um it's a it's a very low grade race. Um, so there's certainly, there's no stars here. Um, they're all horses that have never won a race before. Yeah, they're um, but, yeah. but I'm I'm siding with number two. She's got her eyes for Shannon Savalco and, uh, and trainer Craig Abercrombie. So this is a five-year-old mare, but it only debuted last week. And from inside back row, it worked around the mid-race and found the front. But the middle sections were 29 eight and 30.6 the first half of the last mile yeah, and that was okay. when it made the move so it's actually worked really really hard to loop the field and the winner won clearly but there was a line of them for second third fourth and if you take out that winner tonight's race is actually there's a lot of horses that come out of that same race and i thought she got her eyes was nearly the run of the race and today it draws barrier two whereas last week it drew back row 
So as long as it has some gate speed, which we don't know because it's only had one run and that was from the back row. So we don't know if it's got gate speed, but if it does, then it may work to the front and just be too good for them here on what we saw at its debut. So uh, it's been 3.10 into 2.50, and I expect it to start a clear favourite on what we saw at its debut last week. So that's race eight, number two. She's got her eyes for Shannon Savalco. Beautiful, mate. We'll just hold fire there. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll have five minutes, and we might talk a bit about uh, Menango on Saturday night in particular. And I've got a few questions for you, particularly around the Paleface Audio Stakes and four-year-olds in Australia at the moment. You're listening to Tuesday Trots Life with Jason Bonington. No J-Bon for a month. You've got Toby McKinnon in the chair and I'm with Matt Lapard. And Matty, I'm going to ask you a question and see if you can keep it to one, two or three word answers, right? Okay. Uh, three horses in a race. Uh, their names are Captain Ravishing, Catch a Wave and Leap to Fame. And it's over a mile. Who wins? Captain Ravish- Ravishing. Laps. Yep. Over 2,240 metres. Captain Ravishing. By how much? Oh, it depends where they all draw. <laughs> it's so hard with draws, isn't it? Over, over, a mile, over a mile, it wouldn't matter where he drew. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So you're bringing them back closer anyway. Over, 20, oh. over 2,700 metres. Once again, depends where they draw, but Captain Ravishing is still quicker than them for speed, which means he could sit on a horse like Leap to Fame and still just go straight past him. Well, Leap to Fame's mile rate in the derby was quicker than Honolulu Bay. Yeah. <laughs> um, two different types of races, though. So in what? the derby, Leap to Fame led and rolled constant sectionals the whole way. In the, in the Hunter Cup, they actually burnt a really, really fast lead time, which was yeah, seven correct. seconds quicker than the Inter-Dominion final, which is the equivalent of about 100 metres. Yeah, so yeah. they ran a really quick lead time, and that's why the last mile of the Hunter Cup actually wasn't that quick for that greater horse. They only went 30, 30, 28, 28, which greater horse is not that quick. But the lead time was ridiculous because of um, the pressure that Spirit of St. Louis copped. So I wouldn't compare too much about that. But what, what we've learned, I think, since that derby where Leap to Fame beat Captain Ravishing, I'm at, on the night, I just thought, like, I, I backed Leap to Fame in that derby because I thought he would lead and, and run along and break Captain Ravishing. But... I think what we've learned since then is Captain Ravishing mustn't have been right that night because you don't sit in the breeze and get beaten by most of the field, yet then a month later in a in a breeder's crown come out and do what he did. Yeah, okay. Yeah, fair, fair point, fair point. So half a lap difference doesn't make that big of a difference when you compare what Captain Ravishing has done since, since then. So I think, I don't know what the issue was, but he clearly couldn't have possibly been right in the derby final. Yeah. Well, such a great crop and... You look at this power face out of your stakes on Saturday night at Menangle, and geez, it's a good race, isn't it? He's a son of a gun, invitation only, get better barrier draws. Uh, interest free, he's been a really good horse for a long time. Throwing can't find a better man who I think's a bit underrated. He's Charlie's Angel, hasn't got a draw. And then you've got Catch a Wave and Rip. I don't know what, it was random barrier draw, but they've, geez, the barriers have made it a very interesting race. Yeah, so we've sort of got a lot of different form lines here where some of yeah, them have correct. come out of that race in Sydney last week. So Mr. Ibiza, um, he's Charlie's Angel and Rip all come out of that race. We've got Catch a Wave coming out of the, the one lap race at Melton. 
we've got uh, he's the son of a gun and interest free coming and invitation only coming out of the Melton uh, Bonanza, and then you've got Teddy Disco coming down from Queensland. So only four of these are going to get through. Um, there's already six spots taken up in the chariot, so Captain Ravishing is through, and last week the top four were meant to get through from the Sydney race, but it was actually a dead heat for fourth. So they're oh putting boy. all five of those through. Yeah, okay. So therefore there's no wild card spots left. It's the first four here and that's it. Uh, unless there's a dead heat for fourth again this week and then they'll <laughs> they, they do a count back or, or something. Some, some, um, yeah, yeah. But let's assume there's not. So the top four are gonna get in and then there's no wild card spots. So if catch a wave has something happened like bad racing luck where under normal circumstances they might have put him in as a uh, like an unlucky loser, like a wild card type yeah, situation. Yeah. There's no second chances here because of the dead heat last week for fourth. So this is the last chance for a lot of them. Um, Catch a wave's drawn. To, uh, he's going to come out from gate nine of ten uh, once the emergencies come out. Uh, I noticed the tabs just put up a market and they've got him as clear favourite, which is, is probably justified. Uh but from the wide draw over the mile, where they're all off the front, it's going to be interesting to see whether Andy and Kate want to light him up and try and cross or whether they just drive him the way they've been driving in the last couple of runs where they sort of sit back and let rip from the from the seven or 800 and use his speed. So it's going to be a very, very good race. But as I said, only the first four get through. Mate, uh, be a very interesting race. We're running out of time. I was going to touch on a few others, but we might do a few of the others next week. Thanks for coming on, Matty. You're a star. Thanks, Toby. See you, mate. There's Matt Lapard, the big cat.